You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with huge odds boosts for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 176 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. whether this be your the, your Sunday or uh, workday Monday, you're just tuning in, doing on the commute, back to work, driving in your car, riding on the train, jogging, whatever you do. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, well, guys, I guess uh, to top the show, to start the show off here, we got unfortunately we got to start on a sad note, and um, yeah. Legendary New York Islander and Hall of Famer Clark Gillies has passed away and uh, 67 years old. And uh, yeah, that was, um, you know, open, open Twitter uh, last night, uh, Friday night. And um, yeah, 
read the news and uh no, he had been battling uh, cancer. So, uh, yeah, that was th- tough to hear. And uh, losing a lot of folks. So it was Louis Anderson and Meatloaf and, of course, Betty White and Bob Saget. And, yeah, it, uh, the 2022, not off to a good start. But, uh, yeah, uh, Clark Gillies. Um, but, Matt, what a career. What a talent. Um, uh, unbelievable athlete. And I think... Uh, Probably what maybe a lot of people don't know is uh, at, at 16, uh, Clark Gilley signed with the Houston Astros and played three years of minor league baseball. And in the offseason, he would go and play hockey with the Regina Pats because he was obviously still in junior hockey. Um, so, yeah, he played three years in the minors. He was a catcher uh, slash first baseman. Um, and you know what the interesting thing was? He platooned at first base with Bob Bourne, future New York Islander Bob Bourne. So... Uh, yeah, apparently, yeah, I played three years down in the minors, hit, uh, what was it, 246, so I think he probably made the right career choice, but, uh, but, to, but imagine though, at 16, you signed like a pro ball deal, and you're already, you know, that's pretty wild, so, yeah, and then of course he went and he, he played with the Regina Pats, and, uh, for three seasons, and ended up, uh, getting drafted in the 1974 draft, fourth overall by the Islanders, and, uh, at that point, never spent a day in the minors, just, uh, the following year went right into the NHL and away he went. And, uh, yeah, like I said, what a career, uh, six 30 goal seasons and, um, uh, you know, four cup for, you know, obviously part of the, the Islander dynasty, huge part of the Islander dynasty and, uh, four Stanley cups. And yeah, member of the, got elected in the hall of fame in 2002 and, uh, uh, you know, fellow, fellow Sasky, old Saskatchewan boy from Moose Jaw and, uh, yeah, what a talent. And and one and uh, a, a, a major power forward, one of the you know one of the toughest guys. I mean, you know, when you talk about fighting and stuff, um, you know what you know didn't put up massive fight numbers, but uh, uh, in fact, I think somebody said he never, actually never even broke a hundred penalty minutes, which is really especially for back then. But um, you know, didn't fight often, but when he did, he put the hammer down on guys and legendary toughness and him and. Uh, uh, Bobby Nystrom and, and Gary Howitt, those three were a real terror. And, uh, you know, really made him, uh, you know, when he came up with the Islanders as a rookie, really made a name for himself by, you know, uh, having a real good fight with uh, Dave Schultz, who was, you know, really rolling at the time, was a big name. And, uh, you know, Gillies handled him quite well. So, um, yeah, fearsome, a big dude too. Like, I mean, 6'3", you know, 220 or whatever, which back then was like massive. I mean, you know, now, you know, whatever, but... You know, in the, you know, you think in the mid seventies, um, that, that's a big, that was a big hockey player. And, uh, you know, when you watch the footage and you see him in there and like, he's, he's bigger than a lot of the guys and, uh, yeah, Jethro as they would call him. And, uh, yeah, what, what, again, you know, you think of power for, well, I'm going to get into the whole power forward here thing shortly, but, uh, yeah, just power forward, hall of famer by all accounts, great dude. Um, raised millions of dollars for charity in the New York organi- in the area um, for uh, children's hospitals. Um, I know in Moose Jaw, uh, the park down by his parents' house where he actually learned to skate and everything. Um, oh, was it Ross Harris Park? Uh, they any- anyway about a decade ago they renamed it Clark Gillies Park and uh, in Moose Jaw and uh, yeah, what, what a talent and. Uh, yeah, and you know it's always um, you know as as we get older and stuff. I mean, you know, unfortunately, the the people you watched 
you know, growing up and stuff. They, I mean, they start passing away and, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. And, you know, cancer, and, uh, you know, damn cancer, man. Um, but yeah, Clark Gillies dead at 67. Um, rest in peace. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's just, you know, that just sucks. But, um, yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, yeah, I wanted to obviously start the show off with that and, uh, you know, um, let's, we'll, we'll move on. Um, you know, today's topics, um, you know, we're going to talk, um, about the late, the latest heavyweight bout and, uh, uh, some tough guy numbers as I always enjoy doing. And, uh, a, a little thing I'm called, everybody remembers their first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully not your last. But I'm going to do a little something, uh, guys first fights in the NHL and last fights in the NHL. Some of the names will surprise you, but, uh, something like that. And, uh, and then the myth versus reality. Oh, we're going to do it again after the last few days on social media. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Russian machine doesn't break, you know, um, and the definition of power forward and everything else, uh, you know, with Ovechkin and, uh, Oh, I had the folks, I had the fanboys all over me on social media the last couple of days. And, uh, that's what our myth versus reality will be. I know I've already sort of covered this in other episodes, but it, uh, it came to the force, came storming to the forefront again. But, um, before we get into all that, um, obviously I have to talk about the sponsors. I'm, I am a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows on the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever, team you're a fan of there is a show for you um for my off network friends of course i got uh part-time only alec at the five for fighting podcast down there in sunny florida down down where the butter's made at lando lakes uh yeah he is uh he is a member of six-pack coverage network he just signed on with them at the start of, at the new year so uh good luck to him going forward and uh i know he's talked to a few people i know work has gotten busy but uh He's popped out a few episodes here and there. He's got a tremendous back catalog. Uh, Rob Ray, Jeremy Yablonski, uh, Mike Segroy, Ken Tasker, on and on. Tremendous. Um, right now, uh, he has put out a few solo episodes. His last episode was kind of a, with the way fans judge fights and wins and losses and what they mean and what, you know, it, it was a really good episode. I enjoyed talking to it, you know, or enjoyed talking to it, enjoyed listening to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it was really good. Oh, and I know Alex next, next episode will be, will be, you know, we're talking hard times cause uh, you know, guess who he's having on? Yeah. You're listening to him. Yeah. Like you, you haven't had enough of listening to me. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Alec has sent me a text and asked me to record later tonight. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Something about the tough, I don't know what we're talking about. It's a list of some sort anyway. But, uh, no, I always enjoy getting on his show and talking and, uh, and I hope you guys will, uh, will tune in. I mean, uh, I know most of the time, I think most of our listeners are crossover and you listen to both shows. But if you don't, I highly, uh, recommend, uh, coming on over and giving that a listen. I think he drops his shows on Tuesday, but, uh, I'll let everybody know, whatever. I'll t- tweet it out and Facebook it out and all that stuff. What do you call it? Tweeting out? What, what a Facebook posting? Whatever. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to, I always enjoy talking to Alec anyway, but, uh, looking forward to showing up on his show. And then, of course, we got, uh, Broadway Joe Lazito, Lazito, out there in, uh, New York, New York, in the heart of New York at Madison Square Garden, Coliseum Chronicles. I know, 
Coliseum Chronicles. We're talking about Madison Square Garden. Conflict interest, but whatever. Joe's comfortably sitting on the fence. Um, no, Joe is, uh, well, and then, you know, I won't, uh, you know, I always have a little fun at Joe's expense and we, you know, we talk about his fish in the microwave and his, and his, uh, Christmas balls and number one wang and all that stuff. But, uh, uh, no, today in all seriousness, I know Joe, obviously with the New York Islander podcast, again, Coliseum Chronicles, tremendous back catalog. Um, and I know one of the guests that he really wanted to get and was in, trying to get was Clark Gillies and uh unfortunately and that and that what really sucks is that you know that never happened and uh you know from a selfish standpoint I mean it would have been you know I can guarantee it would have if like if Clark if Clark Gillies had sat down given Joe the time like you know what I mean if they had had time to really do what Joe does um it, it I it would have been the best Clark Gillies interview that was ever done and I'm not like I'm not trying to for effect or whatever. No, it would have been, and uh, and unfortunately, as fans, we never got that. And uh, and and I think and it's a um, well, it's just a sad thing in general. But from a, yeah, I know it sounds selfish, but it, from a just from this podcast stance, from where I'm coming from, um, yeah, I know it was something that Joe really wanted to do, and it was kind of a goal of his to to get those guys on and. Um, you know, and hopefully Joe can get uh, the Nystroms and the Howitz and guys like that. I mean, because I, I think also, not just, oh, we're fight fans and what was it like fighting whoever. Like, it goes beyond that. I think, especially with interviews like Joe, um, you know, when you're really, because we would have heard about play, Clark playing for the Houston Astros and the Miners and, and all that stuff with people didn't know. And we would have went through playing in Regina and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, um, and unfortunately, that's lost. And it would have been a very nice time capsule piece of Clark Gillies career and uh and it would have had um you know I mean as fans we would have learned new things but I mean for someone younger that never saw him play or doesn't really know they could listen to that interview and and by the end of it they would know all about him and um and 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 that's the great thing with Joe's show um and I think that's a great thing with uh doing these interviews in general, just myself or Alec or Joe or whatever. And that's what I've always tried to uh, uh, stress when doing these interviews. Um, it just goes beyond who was tough and oh, what was it like to get punched by him. And it's it's more than that. It's it's a timepiece of a guy's career. Yeah, it focuses a lot on fighting because that's what our shows are. But at the end of the day, you still get to hear him describe it, his feelings about it, his feelings about the town he was playing in. And that and his teammates and that. And you get some stories out of him. And you get to put a sort of a human element onto I mean, everybody can look at Hockey DB and look at those stats, but this puts a human element to it. Or watch YouTube and watch the, yeah, you watch a 30-second fight clip, but now you get to hear the person's voice and what he was feeling about that fight or that particular individual. And I think that's a really important thing when you're doing these interviews to get them out. Um, is it, Yeah, it's a, it's a biography. It's, it's an audio biography of the guy. And uh, unfortunately, we missed out uh, with Gillies and... Uh, and I know that's a that's a big blow to Joe. And, uh, and like I said, I'm not you know I'm not gonna we won't joke around or anything or whatever. But uh, today about it. But uh, yeah, and and I know and like I said, Joe growing up obviously a massive Islander fan, massive Gillies fan. Um, so I know he's uh, you know as a fan, uh, you know saddened by it and like uh, well like everybody is. But uh, yeah, so that's that's unfortunate. And I know there had been some inroads there talking about maybe hopefully getting them on and that type of thing. So um, I hope going forward, 
I guess my point of my rambling here is I hope going forward that he is able to secure a nice trimmer, a Howitt, and I mean all the guys that he's had on have been good, but you know what I mean, like the real the the legends of the of the Islanders and and uh, and get to talk to them, and so like I said, we can have a, an audio biography of them for the future for. Because, I mean, that's the that's the thing for all of us, right? We're all, none, nobody gets out of this thing alive. So, uh, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, we unfortunately, we all have to go. So uh, it would be for someone, you know, for hockey fans to have um, an audio biography of the guy, I think, uh, of a player, um, regardless of who it is, I think it, it is pretty cool. And, 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 I, and I think that's ultimately the, the goal of these shows is to, provide that at least that's i know from out from the three of us i know that's our feeling on the subject maybe other people's is different but from the three kind of the, the people i deal with in terms of uh, whatever you want to air quotes fight podcasts i mean that's our that's our goal so um yeah but anyway uh yeah it's kind of a i know it's kind of a downer episode here to start but yeah um yeah joe lazito coliseum chronicles uh definitely check out his show joe does a great job again he's working uh uh, he's, he's back at work and very busy right now. So unfortunately with the podcasting, like I always say, unfortunately life gets in the way sometimes. And, uh, and this is one of those times. So I know Joe really wants to get an episode out. Um, and it should be shortly. And I know, I think it's a solo episode. I'm not quite sure. I think he might've done an interview too. I'm not quite sure though, but, uh, Joe will be back. He like, I know he hasn't had an episode for a couple of weeks. No worries, folks. He hasn't quit or anything like that. He will be back at it. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, that in the meantime, like I said, check out his back catalog. It's, it's awesome. And, uh, Jolton Joe Lazito, give it a Lazito. All right. Um, well, folks, I hope everybody, I hope everybody had the opportunity to go back and listen to Wednesday's, Wednesday's episode, uh, with when my guest was returning guest was Steve Parsons. Uh, really enjoyable interview. I know the feedback's been, uh, been really, been really good on it. Um, it's kind of a, one of those five toughest opponents series that I like to do with returning guests. But, you know, we also talked about the mental side of it and, uh, and how dealing with coaches that kind of put handcuffs on you. Um, we, you know, we talked about that a little bit and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's kind of just a short little 45 minute interview. Um, uh, like I said, if you, if you want to, if you listen, if you're newer to the show or newer, yeah. Man, spit your words out. If you're newer to the program here and you just listened to that but you haven't gone back, um, episode 69 and 70, it was a two-part interview with Steve. And again, we cover his whole career and uh, wild ride, like really took an unconventional way. Um, you know, he didn't, again, he, he didn't play any regular season NHL games, but he um, he did play preseason and he, you know, played a few years in the American Hockey League and, uh, you know, second highest league in the world. And this is from a guy who was kind of in and out of hockey, even played in the Rocky Mountain League. And yeah, so quite a journey. And we, we discuss all that in his full length interview. And, uh, and Steve's a really good guy. And I really enjoy talking to him, really enjoy talking to him off the air. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we text back and forth and, um, yeah, no, it's always, it's always fun. And, 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 one of the things that I really, I really appreciated on this side of the microphone, um, was Steve was really prepared. And, uh, cause we had talked earlier, oh, it's your five times. Well, okay. And he, he legit thought about it. I know he had, uh, he had written out a few, few notes and stuff. And yeah, he took it really serious. And, uh, you know, he put a lot of thought into it, which is very much appreciated. I mean, um, you know, it, 
there's nothing worse than when you're, you know, you're interviewing somebody and you're kind of getting, this is going somewhere, folks. You know where I'm going with this. Um, it's kind of yes, no answers and, and what have you. But uh, Steve was very well prepared and uh, I definitely appreciated that. But uh, so I, I encourage you to go back and check out the, not only the back catalog, but of course, uh, Wednesday's episodes. Um, I do two shows a week here. Wednesday is usually interview day and then Sunday is shit show Sunday as Joe Lazito way back when coined it. Um, basically just kind of ranty episodes or what I don't know. I always say rant episodes. I should, nah, maybe they are, I guess, but, um, but it's just a general whatever. I talk about the, the week that was and maybe stuff that irritated me. And, uh, well, I just have to start scrolling social media and I'll be irritated in 10 seconds. So, um, <laughs> pardon me, that'll usually give me something to talk about, but, uh, and it did this week, so that's usually what's going on here. I know for the last little while, I was really doing a lot of, I was doing solo episodes Wednesday and Sunday, just, um, just kind of refreshing, uh, kind of reach. I don't know what's the word, kind of just, just recharging the batteries and, uh, you know, just kind of taking it easy, because uh, that's the thing. To, I've always, I won't get into the whole thing, but to set things up with guys and times and get questions and, and do the research and blah, blah, blah. That all takes time. And it was just something I really wasn't into doing, um, right now. And I just kind of wanted to take a break and, uh, you know, like I said, doing this is easy. Um, just talking about whatever, no problem. But, um, yeah, when you, when I have the guest on it, I think it, that would be a disservice to them if I did that. So to the, the, the steps that go into doing the interview, um, to be quite honest, I was, I was burned out and I didn't really want to do them. And, uh, so I didn't. <laughs> so there was a lot of solo episodes there and, uh, you know, and I had fun doing them, talking and stuff. And like I said, they were received fairly well. And I mean, yeah, my numbers dropped off a little bit, but I, I, I want to thank those that the regular listeners that stuck with me. And, uh, like I said, going into the new year here and, and stuff, I will certainly be doing more player interviews, um, as we get, as it kind of goes on. So, don't worry, folks. I haven't changed the format that much, but uh, um, it, I, I think at the end of the day, putting out two, three, four hours of content a week is is more than most people are doing. So, uh, uh, like I said, bear with me. But uh, yeah, just need a break now and again. But uh, yeah, I, I do encourage you guys to go back and and please check out the back catalog. And if you're on social media. Um, my uh, follow on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as Fourth Line Voice on Facebook. Uh, give me a follow, and uh, I'm always putting up pictures and fight clips and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely check it out. And then the big one, of course, is the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. I have over 2,600 fights on that channel. Uh, subscribe to it, hit the little bell notification, and uh, and yeah, whatever league you're looking for, I have everything sorted. So just go to that little search engine on my pay on my Facebook page or my on my YouTube page. Type in NHL, UHL, OHL, whatever, and boom, stuff will come up and, and have at her. Um, what did I put up yesterday? Just a quick little, oh, Jimmy Duhart. Just put a little old Colonial Hockey League fight from the 97, from 1997. So but there's plenty of NHL stuff on there. So, yes, I encourage you to check that out. But uh, here we are, folks, 20 minutes in. I was going to say, it's going to be a little short little episode. I don't, I really, I, I actually do not have a list today. No list today. Um no, it was sort of just, I wanted to just talk about Clark Gillies for a second and, uh, and that and, uh, you know, a few, few topics that, that I wanted to talk about and, uh, and we'll, and we'll get out of here. I won't take up too much of your time today, but, uh, yeah, as I'm looking out my window, it's snowing. I gotta go shovel again. Oh, I'll tell you, 
I just shoveled this morning, and uh, man, it doesn't end. I feel for you people in Ontario, though. I mean, I mean, I say we're getting snow here, but not you know, I haven't had to shovel my car out or anything. I mean, that's crazy. So I hope everybody, uh, yeah, you're hanging in there because that's. I mean, I've had a lot of snow. I've had to shovel before, but nothing like that. So you know, I, I feel I feel your pain. So. Good luck to everybody out there in Ontario. That's terrible. And hopefully you can get back at her. And Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's something. I always say, like, and the, uh, a lady I work with, her her, her uh, sister, lives out in the Maritimes. Man, I, I don't know how those cats do it out there. Like, she was showing me pictures. She opened her back door, and oh, it's all snow. The snow is above the, higher than the, like, the roof. So explain to me how how do you get out of that and like out to the road and you know whatever like and it and the thing is it's right on that ocean and that's wet heavy snow boy oh boy I don't know I couldn't do it I really I've never been out to the Maritimes I really want to go out there it looks awesome I heard it's awesome but I mean I'm I'm going in the summer <laughs> yeah you're not I'm not going out in the winter and uh, I couldn't imagine. Having snow up to your, like, roof. That's, no. So, I mean, maybe I, I won't cry about my little skiff here. So, <laughs> but um, we've had a lot of snow, though, here so far into January. But anyway, you tuned into a hockey podcast, not to hear a weather report. So, um, one of the one of the um, uh, Twitter accounts that I follow uh, is called, and I, yeah, any, anybody that's listened to this show for a while has, I've referenced uh, him before. I've talked about his channel before. It's called Tough Guy Numbers. If you're on Twitter, really follow his account. It's, it's really cool. And he just does these, like, um, just these crazy stats. Like he, like the other day when I was talking about, uh, you know, Gretzky's points when Semenko fought in a game and what he averaged when McSorley fought in the game and what it was when both of them fought in a game and, and he just does these obscure stats, these tough guy, well, it's tough guy numbers. And, um, I, I don't know. I just, I find it, um, just some of his stuff just fascinating. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that I, I have somewhat of a stat geek in me, I guess. So, um, yeah, just going through some of the stuff he's put up lately, uh, I, you know, just a little blurb, he just, cause he'll just put out a little blurb now and again, or sometimes he's got like the top five or top 10 or whatever. But one that he put out was, um, the, the all-time leader in hat-tricks plus Gordy, including a Gordy Howe hat-trick. So basically in a game, you score three and get an assist and a fight is what he's saying. The leader in that has two all-time, a hat-trick, an assist, and a fight in a game. That's a hell of a night. Three goals, an assist, and a fight. Um, it's been done. The leader has done it twice. And you know who it is? And this is even more bizarre. Paul Coffey. There you go. See these obscure numbers, and let alone a defenseman scoring a hat trick hard enough. But uh, well, although some would say I don't know how much defense Paul Coffey played, but nonetheless, he, he was he was in that position. And uh, but really, three in all seriousness, three goals, an assist, and a tilt in a game. That's 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 a Molson Cup first, second, and third star in my opinion. But yeah, Paul Coffey because the last person who did it in the NHL was Joe Thornton. Um, but uh, yeah, Paul Coffey has done it twice. And then, uh, what a couple other ones that he did here. Um, the highest percentage of NHL games with a major penalty. Uh, number one was Christoph Olua with 36%. 
Peluso with 35, Chase with 34, Jay Miller with 32%, Peros with 32%, Basil 31%, Tory Robertson 30%, Fakoda 29, Laws 29, and Jared Bull 28%. So that's highest percentage of NHL games played with a major penalty. So yeah, there's Olawa, 36% of his games he played, he picked up a major. Man, how are your hands? Although I will say um, he did point out that a major penalty did not... He didn't mean fights. I mean, obviously, most of the time it was a fight, but it could be for like a high stick or an elbow or whatever. But so that it's a it's a major five minute major is just what he went by with that. With by saying that, I should clarify that those weren't all just fights. But I mean, obviously, the majority of them were. But yeah, thirty six percent of his games in the NHL were fights or were major penalties. Pardon me. And then most NHL games with fifth most. 15 plus penalty minutes in a game in their careers from 90 to 99. Um, Gino Ojic with 54, Ray with 49, Domi with 46, Peluso with 44, uh, Churla 42, Chase 38, Barubi 37, Stern 35, Odeline 34, and Bob Probert with 32. So that's 15 or plus, 15 plus penalty minutes in a game. From 90 to 99. So yeah, he just does stats like that. I don't know. I've always just kind of found that shit fascinating. And uh, I really... Uh, I, I know he listens to this show. Thank you for listening to this show. And and I really appreciate you taking the time to... Uh, uh, I mean, obviously you're into it. That's why he does these obscure stats. And it's... You know, obviously that's kind of his hobby and what he enjoys doing. But I... But thank you for sharing it with us. Like, he doesn't have to. But he does. So, thank you. For sharing it, but yeah, definitely tough guy numbers on Twitter. Give him a give him a follow, and he's got. And I mean, he's got tons of stuff. Most de- fights for a defenseman of the Islanders, and on and on. I mean, I could sit here, I could make a whole episode of just reading his tweets, but uh, I like to kind of weasel work them in here and there. You don't want to hit. You don't want to hit the people all at the same time. I think that's what I did with the lists. To be completely honest with you guys, I know, and I know a lot of you. I get the feedback. I know a lot of you enjoyed the list, and I enjoyed doing the list. But I think. Like, how many episodes in a row was that with lists? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe going to the well a little too often. Not that I I was mad at doing any of them. I enjoyed doing all of them, but I think I probably should have spaced that shit out more. But uh, anyway, I'm not doing one today. I keep saying it's going to be just a short little episode today. I'm, where I'm looking at the, my timer here, and we're at 27 minutes already. But uh, I actually could be completely honest. I'm looking at my paper here. I really don't have too much more to say. Um but, um, well, I guess one of the things, and I, uh, I'm looking at just that because I, throughout the, throughout the week, I'll have my little sticky, I have my pad of sticky notes in the truck. And as, if an idea comes to me, I just, I write it down on the sticky note and, uh, leave it in the truck. And then Friday, obviously, I, t- I take the sticky note home with me. And that's what this is here. And, um, yeah. But one of the things that came up was earlier this week, um, you know, everybody was going on and on about the heavyweight fight that happened. Uh, remember, these used to happen almost nightly, folks. But anyway, the heavyweight fight happened this week. Uh, Curtis McDermott versus uh, Nicholas Delorier. And um, Colorado-Anaheim game. And it, and that fight made the rounds. And, and I, I appreciate some of you guys. You, you tagged me in the tweets. So, you know, because they, they know I'm not watching. So it's like, hey, you might want to check this out. And, uh, you know, I I sit here when I do this show. 
and talking on Twitter to social media to people and kind of talked back and forth to people. And I've been on other shows and, um, I guess I don't want to, I guess I do. And I, and I don't mean to, I, I just, I'm, I don't want to come across as the old man yelling at clouds. Um, I guess I do regardless. If you, if I, if you're in the younger generation Z, you would just, just think that I am. Um, I'd like to think I'm not just being loud. I'm just not bitching to bitch. Like there is a reason for what I'm saying. And I, and I offer reasons. Now, whether people agree with that, maybe I'm fooling myself, but I mean, I have a, to me, if you, I, it's either if, if not pointing out the irony or the hypocrisy of it or whatever, or just the general, idiocy of it which is coming up here shortly um you sort of get this just okay boomer like that's stupid shit um i find that people that use that response to you is because they have no they have nothing else to say like they have no they have no way to defend their stupid statement so it's either okay bro or okay boomer or the little the little meme of the guy or grandpa simpson yelling at the cloud but they have nothing else to offer so right then you know that it's it's pointless, right? They're just they're just flapping lips to talk. So, um, and this is all sort of tying in somewhere. At the same time, I am aware that there are times when I guess I come off crotchety just to be crotchety, and it's not. But I watched this fight. And I, hey, I like both guys, not knocking. And that's the thing, I hate that I have to, but you do, apparently. Well, after this week on social media, apparently, well, it doesn't matter, but apparently you have to, regardless, because people, either reading comprehension isn't there, or they just, the, the fanboys just get their, through tears of rage, they don't listen. And I think, well, I think as a society and anything, even at work or whatever, people just don't listen anymore. That's a problem that plagues society in general. But, and I hate that I have to clarify this, but again, there are so many idiots out there that just, whatever. I am ne- I am not knocking the athletes. I am not saying anything bad about the players. I like McDermott. I like Delory. I haven't watched a lot of Delory's stuff, but I've seen his name come up. I like the guys. Even if I didn't like him, I have complete respect for what they do. They're elite level athletes. As athletes, tremendous. It has, this is not an indictment on them. But I'm just saying, everyone gets so hyped up about this fight and they watch the fight. Hey, and I'm glad they fight. It's better than not fighting. It, that's true. It is. That's, we'll get past this. It's, I'm just saying this. <clears throat> and I guess I'm in a position because I have a YouTube channel and 9 billion fight tapes or DVDs at this point. That I'm always uploading fights onto my YouTube channel. Which forces me to obviously watch the fight DVD as I'm doing it. Um, so I have watched... Fights from from the seventies, eighties, nineties. I don't have a lot of current, and I don't have anything probably past two thousand ten on my channel. So, but I have about five decades worth of fights on my channel. So I've seen and and the DVDs. So I have a very good sample size of the fighting, the techniques, the how they fought, blah blah blah. I've seen all of it from tie downs to no tie downs to blah blah blah. You know, uh, Velcro sleeves to gouging, to be able to take your helmets off. In the Western Hockey League, every fight was a square off and blah, 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 helmets off. So I've gone, I've lived through all of the fighting, the different fighting 
Oh, and when they're fighting with no helmets. So, I mean, I've seen all of it. And I've seen the um, evolution of fighting in hockey. Now, having said that, um, and I know as the game has gone on and fighting has gone to a, a bare minimum. Now, before, oh, fights are up this year. They had nowhere to go but up. I mean, you know, for, they went from nothing to next to nothing. So let's stop yelling and screaming about how much fighting's up. Had nowhere to go but up. Yes, it has gone up, but it's, ne- it's still next to nil. Um, so I, I guess I understand when there actually is a fight, uh, people, it, you know, and in social media, instant gratification, the video clip is up. Shit, they're, they're closing the penalty box doors and people are already putting the fight up on the, on social media. So it's instant. Everybody gets to see it and what the world gets to critique it these days. You know, if you want to, if a lot of these people, if you want to see like, you know, uh, a, you know, critique a Mackenzie Grimson fight, you're going to have to, you know, look around for it and stuff. And a lot of people, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I you might not cause I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Um, I guess in this, it's a long preamble to, my judging of things. Um, and not that I care. People listening, you can judge, you can judge this show however way you want. It really, that's you as a listener. Um, I'm just sort of laying the groundwork here of where I'm coming from. Um, and at least my, in terms of my knowledge base of, I'm not just, I don't, uh, again, I'm not saying I'm an expert. To be an expert, you had to do it, and I didn't do it, so I'm not an expert. I do have a lot of knowledge in the subject, though, because I have studied it and watched it for decades. So I have the the history behind it, and I've seen the evolution of it. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I guess I'll just flat out. I don't get the fighting today. I don't like. It's great that they did it, and I'll okay, whatever. But it's just, and it is. I'm not saying it isn't, but. Is there really anything there? Like, I just watched these fights, and it's the same thing when McDermott fought Reeves, what, is a few weeks back, and everybody had the big heart on for it. No, the heavyweight title! You know, and McDermott won, McDermott won! You know, and on and on, everybody's jumping up and down like we had Ali and Fraser or something, and it's just like, eh, you know... Oh, McDermott's the heavyweight champ of the league. He won the belt from Reeves. I saw that tweet a million times. And I'm like, you you win fights without landing a punch in the face nowadays? And I'm not being a dick. Go back and watch the fight. McDermott didn't land a punch to Reeves' face. It was a bunch of fucking nothing jersey jabs, and then he punched him in the back of the head when he got off balance. He didn't land one punch to the face. And I'm not saying Reeves landed a million. He landed a couple. But... I, I don't know. Like, that fight was a bunch of nothing. But everybody jumps up and down, like like I said, like it's task or sin or something. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, whatever. I mean, it, it, it popped the building. The fans were into it. Got online talk. Hey, two guys got into it. I'm not shitting on the fight that they had the fight. I'm not shitting on it that in that way. I'm just saying, I guess I have just jaded eyes. I guess that's what it comes down to. And... I'm just saying how it is. Like, I had a bunch of people send this to me. I saw it in the Facebook groups that, like, oh, this is, like, the great, one of the great fights somebody put. It's like, I could go on my channel and find 300 more fights that are better than that. Like, and easily. It's just, 
I guess people are just, it's, it's literally, and it's, it's for real, but I guess today's hockey fan is so starved for violence that when it happens, it's just like, it's the greatest thing. And it's, and you know, you know, I guess you give a fuck, you know, find a guy in the desert, give him water. It'll be the greatest cup of water he ever had, I guess. So, you know, it's, and that's really what the analogy is. I mean, the NHL is it really, I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I mean, really when it comes to fighting and, and just people mad and whatever, the NHL nowadays or hockey just in general now is so pathetic that when there actually is some, a fight, it's like, it's like a fucking mirage, you know, and people just get all excited and, and that's whatever. But it's just, I sit and I watch this fight and I'm just like, it was okay, but you go back and watch it and it's just like, I don't know, the way they fight now, everything's just lock the guy out, lean back, you you got helmets and visors and you, you punch the side of the helmet a bunch of times and, you know, well, like Lucic when he when he threw around Saborn there and we're punching him and visor and the helmet and then afterwards people, there was a picture of Lucic after the game with his hands and they're all cut and everything else. I, I mean, I know guys always had hand issues when you fought, but I mean, it's all cut up and shit and it's like, yeah, so that's all you're doing now. You're just like punching plastic and visors and just, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of, and it's, it, everything's uh, safety. Everything's safe fighting. I mean, a lot of these guys, it's, and it's the old, it's the Tony Twist thing again. I, you know, I, I know I've said it before on here, but it repeats, it, it bears repeating that it's just like, these guys fight not to lose. They're not fighting to win. And it's, and it's, you watch, go watch the fight. They're leaning back. It's jab, jab, jab. And these like wild, like straight arm kind of overhand punches. And yeah, they hit helmet and they hit face sometimes. And I'm not saying, oh, they hit like pussies. I'm not saying that, but it's just like, there's just nothing on these shot. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're hitting and whatever, but it's like, I go and I'm like the other day I uploaded, um, uh, a Ben Wilson uh, uh, fight, and I'm watching him, and it's like facing the guy. He's they they pull in close, and it's like they're they're lit legitimate shots of the face. You know, yeah, it's at a little closer range, but I mean, you're hitting, and I'm watching these twist fights. He's hitting. You know, um, same with the Cordic fight. I mean. Now, I mean, Cordic's been accused of being a pillow puncher. Okay, that's not my point of what I'm saying. At the end of the day, he's hitting the guy in the face. You know, and he's getting hit in the face. And there's no friggin', like, locking arm, locking out and ducking away. And then you, then you, oh, he threw his, so I'm gonna throw mine. His, mine, his, mine. You know what I mean? It's like the boo yay spot in wrestling. I know that's gonna pop a few of the listeners. But it's like, it's true. And it's like, no one's in tight going with the uppercuts and you know it's it's all just these i i don't know how to explain it i you know i get maybe i'm just up my ass and i'm just i'm i'm grasping at things to yell about but it's just i don't get it like i just watch these kids and i'm again i'm not blaming them you got careers to think about in ct you know i'm i'm not again i'm not saying this to knock mcdermott or or Delorier or anything like that. I'm just saying, and I'm just using them as an example because they were the latest old heavyweight fight. But it's just like, okay, well, that's the heavyweight fight, but I don't know. Again, you watch that fight. How many punches were to the face? 
it was a bunch of helmet shots and swinging around and like I don't like jersey jabs would be annoying without a doubt and all that stuff. I'm not saying that as my brother demonstrated on me the other night. Yes, but it, they're not. You know, you'll be able to sleep at night. You know, you know what I mean. You're not getting knocked out with a jersey jab. So it's like. It's just, it's an annoying, I know it's a setup thing, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, I watch these fights and it's just like no one's committing. Like it's all safety fighting to me, and which is, hey, again, I get it. You know, you're trying, you know, and and, and there's probably some, there obviously that's probably the intelligent way to go, uh, without a doubt. But I'm just, in terms of an actual fight here and fight fans and from what I'm where I'm coming from, like I said, the other, like, uh, I was talking to my boy Chris there in Vancouver and we were talking about Brad May the other night. You go watch a Brad May fight. Really. Go watch Jay Wells one or the Hardy one or his Basil McRae fight or whatever. There's no leaning back and locking guys out and leaning his head back. Like, no, you were in the fight. Like, if you're in a fight, you threw punches and it wasn't you throw, I throw, you throw, I throw. And after done, let's, good job, buddy. No. It was like, you just you were in and you you went in and you fought to win you fought to win you fight to win and it was um yeah it's just a different vibe now i guess i guess that's what it is it's just a different vibe and um i don't know it's just it's safety fighting to me again it's cool that they did it whatever everybody got a kick hey the fans loved it whatever the, the guys watching loved it hey cool you know, gave people something to talk about. And that, that and hey, that, I'm all for that. And I'm just, you know, as we're sitting here as fight fans, I'm just sort of critiquing what I saw because I had a bunch of people ask me what I thought. Hey, two good guys. I dig it that they fought, whatever. Again, I'm just dissecting it, um, you know, on a fight nerd level. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um. One of the things uh, that I found, I don't know why it came up, somebody had mentioned it was his last fight or whatever, uh, or maybe it was his first fight, whatever, it's something kind of sparked me, and I guess the old saying is, right, we all we all remember our first, well, uh, I look back, I just, I was on hockey, uh, I had links to the old uh, Drop Your Gloves fight cards, I was looking something up, and then I was like, oh, I wonder who his last fight was, and I looked, oh, that's kind of cool, and I thought, well, maybe this would be kind of cool, just throw out some names and, and just give you guys kind of... The, I, I like I guess I, this 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 bit isn't going anywhere. It was more just I guess it's sort of my tough guy numbers, but it was just something I don't know. I just looked it up and I don't I don't know why I found it interesting. Maybe you won't find it interesting. Maybe you'll be like, oh God, I should have fast forwarded this. Or uh, it, whereas the one guy told me when it, this is going to be just a one one off episode for those listening because I've bored the show to you. Um, um, well, like I said, with Link Gates, his first ever, and it, now, regular season. This is all regular season, not preseason stuff. Uh, Link Gates' first, uh, NHL fight was against Joey Koser, uh, October 28th, 88. And his final fight was against the Bird Dog, Greg Smith, uh, February 26th, 1992. Um, and like Bob Probert. Uh, anybody out there? First NHL fight? That's right, November 11th, 1985, in Vancouver versus Craig Cox. Far, be- I always enjoyed that fight better than the, the famous second one that was at Joe Lewis that everybody saw in the Rock'em Sock'em videos. Go look up Cox and Probert round one in Vancouver. That's even a better fight. And then Bob Probert's last fight was February 13th, 2002, against Florida's Brad Norton. There you go. See, stuff like that. It's kind of interesting, right? I don't know. It's kind of cool. 
Um, Craig Berube, first fight. Um, actually, he fought this guy twice in, the, in his first NHL. Well, I don't know if it was his first NHL game, but it was his first fight in the NHL. was against Dan Frawley, who he fought twice uh, on March 22nd, 1987. And then Berube's last fight was against Jody Shelley, March 8th, 2003. Um, that's Stu Grimson, November 9th, 1988. His first fight was against Kevin McGuire. His final fight was December 12th, 2002 versus Sandy McCarthy. Um, Dave Brown, his first fight was Tory. Ro- See, this is the Brown one. See, this is why it was kind of cool to look it up. This is what it was, actually, now that I think about it. I've always thought Brown's first fight was Gord Kluzak with the Bruins, and it wasn't. Unless I'm missing, unless I misread his, his, I don't think so. I went and double checked that card twice. Um, because I always thought it was Kluzak was Brown's first fight, but in this, it's listed as, uh, Tory Robertson, February 25th, 1984. And, uh, his final fight was, uh, where was it now? The Bomber, Ken Baumgartner, March 31st, 1996. Can't even read my own writing. Uh, Rob Ray, uh, well, this is a hell of a debut. October 29th, 1989, he, uh, TKO'd Nevin Marquardt for his first fight. Probably thinking, oh, shit, this is easy. And, uh, his final fight was, uh, March 5th, 04 against Donald Brashear. As a member of the Ottawa Senators, which looks completely bizarre, Rob Ray wearing an Ottawa Senators jersey. Um, I got a few more here for you folks. I don't know if I'm putting you to sleep, but it's, uh, Ty Domi. You know, you gotta, Ray, you gotta talk about Domi, right? Domi's first fight was against Kevin McClellan, March 2nd, 1990. And his final fight was April 16th, 2006 versus Jay McKee. Uh, Tony Twist, his first fight was October 5th, 1989 against Wayne Van Dorp, is who he called, affectionately called Slope. Sloop. No, Slope. Slope was his, was his name for Van Dorp. Um, and his final fight was Reed Simpson, who comes up again here. Reed Simpson, March, or, yeah, March 14th, 99. Joey Coaster's very first fight was February 23rd, 1985. Um, interestingly enough, this was after his fight with Jim Playfair, where he knocked Playfair out in the American Hockey League and almost lost his arm over it. After he, uh, they must have like, well, this guy's gonna kill somebody in the American League, we better call him up. Um, they called him up and his, this is his very next fight, or his next fight after knock and play for out was in the NHL against Jeff Brubaker, February 23rd, 85. His final fight was also against Reed Simpson on April 2nd, 99. And then one last one, old Ken Baumgartner, uh, Craig Wulana, January 4th, 1988 was his first fight and his final fight was March 2nd, 1999. Sean Gagnon was his final fight. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up here, uh, I know, look, I'm not going to talk long. I'm at 47 minutes. One of the things I wanted to share with you, um, was of course, um, everybody saw the Jim Matheson, um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, Jim Matheson, who is the Edmonton Oilers beat writer has been for 40, like he covered him during the dynasty. He's been there forever. Well, him and Leon Dreisaitl kind of got into it at the press conference and he asked Dreisaitl why he's being pissy. And, uh, whatever. And Dreisaitl just like, yeah, okay, Jim, whatever. And, uh, you know, and they had their little, yeah, whatever, a little tiff and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and it made the rounds on social media. And it was interesting, the divide, of course, all the, well, I should, no, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. Some of the media guys were on Matheson's side and whatever. And, and, uh, but others weren't. And of course the players were like, yeah, fuck you, Matheson, whatever. Um, but it was interesting how this goes back, and I've often said this, I've, I've harped about this forever and ever, so I'll just kind of make my point and get out. But um, there, this I do not blame the players at all to be in, being dicks to these guys. 
Because, I mean, I know it, whatever, it's part of the, they always like to say it's part of the job and you have to take the criticism and whatever. I get it, whatever. At the same time, you're human. I just think of myself. Imagine you have a real shit day at work and as you're walking out to your car, the fucking idiot's there with a microphone asking you why your day was, why did you do that? Why did you fuck that up so bad? And you got it. What do you have to say for yourself? Like, yeah, you'd lose your shit too, right? I mean, put yourself, really, put yourself in that situation. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and you're losing, you get paid all this money, you got all the, you guys are losing, you suck, you're overpaid, blah, blah, blah. You, you hear that enough times. Eventually, yeah, shit's going to go sideways. Um, well, this Matheson guy, well, just in general, these media guys, like I said, the, the one thing I always laugh about, and I kind of tweeted about this, is these fucking media guys, they can sit there and dish it out. They can write, they can write scathing columns in the newspaper. They can go on sports radio and talk about how you're a waste of money and they should trade you while you still have value and this guy sucks and on and on. But the moment the player gives it back to him, oh shit, these guys are on Twitter crying about how unprofessional these players are and they're big babies and they, oh, if you can't handle it, maybe you should, you know, blah, blah, you know, on and on. Fuck you. You know, like if you're going to dish it out, and and say shit say shit all the time. You, you, hey, it comes with the territory if you can't handle it. You know, isn't that what you keep saying? That shit irritates me. Like you could talk all the shit you want, and this guy's just supposed to take it because he makes millions, and it's part of his job is to accept criticism. Well, again, accepting criticism from the fucking couch potato that's never played that'd get a little hard to swallow after a while. I don't care how much money you're making. The dude making seven bucks an hour is gonna have a hard time swallowing that too. You know, it's one thing if the coach is giving you shit or a fellow teammate or what have you, because that's from a place of knowledge. Okay, you'll accept that. But media couch jockey who's been sitting there eating free catering all night comes down and starts questioning your your ability and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'd have a little issue with that too. And again, it can be brought up, oh, you're not really playing well. Well, no, we've lost, so obviously we're not playing well. There's a way of obviously structuring the question and you could be respectful and blah 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 but just this outright they they flap they run like i said they run shit and they they just well he should accept it because he makes all this money and that's that's part of his job of being an athlete no his job as an athlete is he gets paid to perform that's his job his job isn't to have to deal with fucking idiots that are clueless and yapping in his ear he doesn't owe you an explanation. So this is where it gets different as a writer. They're like, well, no, we follow the team and that's part of his job. He owes it to us. No, he doesn't owe you anything. No, he doesn't. If you had a bad, just leave, just, can't, like I said, can't you just, whatever, just report on the game. Like you need, I've often said, that, well, you got longtime listeners of this show. I, this isn't new shit. I've said this before. Why do we need the post-game press conference? Like really? Like have the coach come out or whatever and he can do it. Why do the players need to do it? Like they talk to you in the locker room, they talk to you out here, they talk blah, 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 blah. what, how much more, like just, who cares, like I don't know who listens to it anyway, like who gives a shit, but regardless, I mean, I, I know you, maybe you, I know you as a writer, you need some sound bites or whatever, but it's just, I don't know, just, ugh. I, I mean, whatever, I mean, I know I couldn't do that job, but anyway, so anyway, him and Matheson got into it and whatever. But it, it brought up an interesting story about this friggin' Jim Matheson bozo. I've seen his shit online before and whatever. But I didn't realize what a dick this guy is. 
And it came up that somebody had said that he had some started some shit between George LaRock and Brant Myers and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like, well, did he know? Like, I don't know. I got to get to the... Like, it was an interesting kind of story, and it really kind of highlighted what a dick Matheson was. But I'm like, well, I got to get to the... I, again, hey, folks, I put on my investigative journalism hat, and I went to the source. I didn't just... Oh, on Twitter, I heard. No, no, no. I went to the source. I asked a few people. And, and uh, well, it really wasn't that hard to research. But I researched it. And it is, and it is confirmed by both parties uh, that this did happen. So, I'm not lying. You know, that's the thing. There's a lot of bullshit. Like, like I said, Matt, like I'm not saying Matheson needs to, He said, why are you being pissy? I'm not. As much as I think Matt, Jim Matheson's a douchebag, I'm not saying let's pitchforks and torches. Let's run him out of town and... You know, whatever. I mean, whatever. It was just, he's, he's just being a dick and whatever. Let the players deal with him. Like if he comes into the locker, oh, I guess you're not coming into the locker now with COVID, but you know what I'm saying? If they're at a press conference and they could just say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to talk to you today, Jim. We're not talking today. Let them deal with him. But this whole dog piling on social media, yeah, over that, it's kind of, eh. Like was he a dick and unprofessional? Yeah. But I mean, whatever. You know, I, like I said, I don't think we need to, you know, nobody needs to send him anthrax in the mail or anything. Like, but I know again, the fanboys get all worked up. But this story though did amplify or did show what a dick this guy is. And I can, but I can guarantee, mark it on your calendars, folks. It's coming up here shortly. The bell, when they have that on Twitter, when they do the, the bell let's talk and every retweet is five cents and, and it's a good thing. They millions and millions of dollars are raised for mental health. Um, and it's a great thing, even if it's Bell Canada, you know, you can say whatever you want, but nonetheless, they raise millions and millions, you know, Hey, they do. So you can, whatever, but I'm just saying I can guarantee, I guarantee it. If you're on Twitter, look this up. This is the hypocrisy of this shit. Jim Matheson and all these media dickheads, I can guarantee will tweet mental health matters on January. I can't remember this 20 something. I can't remember what the, actually should be here next week. I'm thinking as I'm saying this out loud, it's usually in January. Is it not? Or is it February? No, I think it's at the end of January. The bell let's talk campaign. I know it's a 24 hour thing, so it should be up this week. I think so. If you're on Twitter, definitely retweet as much as you can. Um, but I can guarantee these media douchebags, they'll, they'll talk about mental health. When this is a shining example of hypocrisy and how they don't give a shit and it's just empty words. Okay, back in 2005, Brant Myers was making a comeback to the NHL. Um, he had recently, he had he was in rehab, all that stuff. The Brant Myers story is out there. I don't need to fill you in too much, but he's making a comeback. It's the preseason and he's trying out with the Calgary Flames. Uh, again, missed most of the season from, was in rehab, blah, 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 working himself into shape. Here's his big comeback. He's from Alberta, hometown. Here we go. Make it with the Flames. Hopefully I can get myself back into the NHL. Okay. Well, it's the preseason. Um, and earlier that day, uh, Jim Matheson came up to George LaRock after he said, uh, George, and again, I investigated and George LaRock did tell this story. Uh, on a podcast, um, the name of the podcast is Escape. I'm not trying to. Sh- sh- if you type in George Rock Jim Mathis story on a pod, it'll come up. Um, anyway, George Rock told the story, and I confirmed Brant Myers. It is a true story. So, um, so in the preseason, 
Uh, the game was in Calgary. Um, Calgary practiced first, and then Edmonton practiced second. So after the practice, or the uh, pregame, a couple hours before, it was in the morning, a couple hours before the game, um, Jim Matheson found George LaRock in the locker room and said, hey, you ready for tonight? And George was like, oh yeah, no, preseason, you know, excited to get back out there and whatever. And he said, well, you know, we were just over there talking to Brant Myers, and uh, yeah, he's talking a lot of shit. And George is like, what? What do you mean? Because according to George, him and Brant were friends. Like, they had communicated before, and they were friends. Um, George is like, well, what do you mean? Oh, no, he's saying he's back. He's going to make a name. He's going to kick your ass. And, you know, he's he's telling you the fight's coming. He's coming after you. And just heads up. And he's he's talking a lot of shit over there. Well, so LaRock says, well, now I'm getting, I'm fucking mad now. Because, no, you motherfucker. Oh, yeah, you're talking shit, are you, to the media and stuff? Okay. And like George said, and this is kind of, you know, this is, I, I kind of, I get his point, but I kind of rolled my eyes because of George, oh, the code and all that shit. But like George was saying, and it's true, I get it. You you kind of, there's a respect thing that you don't kind of go to the media, especially before the game, you go to the media and like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Like, you, you let him know I'm coming for him. You go, you, he said, you kind of just don't do that shit. But what bothered George Moore was that, like Myers is like, they're kind of friends, right? Like, he goes, I had no problem fighting him, but, and he just had to tell me, you know, during warmups or whatever, like, hey, you know, I kind of, I'm a trying out, I need the shot, you got to give me one, whatever, like, George would have fought him, you know, regardless, Myers had just went up to him on the ice and said, hey, I need this, you got to give me one, George would have done it, is what George was saying, so he goes, so for him to go in the media and say he was going to kick my ass and all this shit, he goes, it was really fucking disrespectful, so he goes, George goes, I was fucking fired up, mad, okay, so and George says, usually you go have a nap or you go relax, whatever. He goes, I stayed at the rink the whole time, sat there, got ready, like hit the bag, got a sweat on, like he was going to fucking kill Myers. Sure enough, first shift out, LaRock goes after Myers. And they end up fighting. And of course, if you type in Brant Myers, just type in Google Brant Myers, you'll see the, George's handiwork. He shut Brant Myers' eye, dropped him, broke his orbital bone, basically broke his face. And that was the end of... Brent Myers NHL career and it was like one shift in he had one shift and it, Myers talks about it in his book that his dad was there to see him play and oh here we go and you know I'm back on NHL ice and it's great to be back and George broke his face in his first shift you know and it's hey the life of it's and it sucked life of a tough guy whatever but George went after him and George was pissed and you don't want you don't want to fight LaRock at the best of times let alone a pissed off George LaRock so he busted up Myers' face and whatever. And anyway, Myers had to go to the hospital and he was there overnight. Well, and George phoned the hospital and, and, you know, after the, and he felt terrible. Like he said, you never, you want to fight and win, but you don't want to break faces and stuff. But, and like he said, especially a guy like you're kind of friends with. So he phoned Brandt and the hospital and hey, you okay? Yeah, no, you know, whatever. And he's just like, hey man, like, why did you have to talk all that shit? To the reporter and stuff. You know what Brant Myers said? He goes, George, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't talk to any reporters. And LaRock's like, what? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, I didn't talk to any of the reporters before the game. So LaRock's like, what the fuck? So the next day they're flying out to go play wherever. And he, LaRock sees Matheson and goes over to him and goes, Jim. He goes, why did you tell me? Like Brant Myers is telling me that he never talked to you. And he never said he never said any of that stuff. And Matheson starts laughing. He goes, oh, no, we were just trying to get you fired up for the game. Like, really? Why would you do that? 
So that right there, that story to me speaks volumes of who Jim Matheson is. You're a fucking little weasel on the sidelines that likes to needle people and get the reactions and sit back and watch. Like you knew it would piss George off and you, like you didn't need to do that. They were probably going to fight anyway. So, but for your amusement, you went and fucked with a guy. And the thing is, is before a game, not only does he have to get ready for a, like he, especially a tough guy, he knows, especially in the preseason, the, the guys trying to make names are coming. Let alone in this situation, he knows it's Brant's first game back and Myers will probably want a shot at him. They're friends. So now you gotta put your, put yourself in that mind space. This goes back to my interview with Steve Parsons last week and we talked about the mental aspect of the fighting. Well, imagine you're George LaRock and you just get told a friend of yours is just saying, I'm gonna come kick his fucking ass, tell him to get ready. Well, yeah, you're going to get fucking ready, all right. And then to find out that's not true, he didn't say that. And somebody over there, <laughs> that's just so greasy, so greasy. And just the just the mental health of it is just so, why would, like, again, why would you do that to someone? I don't, but again, to me, that speaks volumes of who Jim Matheson is. And fuck you, Jim Matheson, you're a piece of shit. And you don't give a shit and you're an instigator and then you sit back and watch all this. And I hope you got your story. And I'm sure the big picture of Brant Meyer's face was on the paper the next day and, and your big, oh, George kicked his ass and whatever to much to your amusement. Yeah. Fuck you. That, that story. I read that story and then I heard George talk about it and I could, you could hear it in his voice when he's saying it afterwards. Like it's gross. That's just a gross story. And hey, you fight, things happen, guys get hurt, I get it. I, that's not that's not my point with it. And like I said, if none of that had ever happened and they had fought anyway, you know, I'm not knocking Brandt or whatever, but I'm sure George, you know, George is winning the fight regardless, probably. Mad or not. But regardless, like, it's just, it's gross. The story's gross. And for those that did read it, I know the other thing was, is, oh, Myers never played again. And well, he did. He did. He played the year in the American Hockey League with Omaha, the Flames farm system. And then he went over to Nottingham the next year. He only played five games and then he was done. So no, the punch didn't end his hockey career, but it ended his NHL career. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, I, I just heard that story, and that was all I needed to hear about Jim Matheson. But mark my words, you go when it's, if you're on social media and you track these type of things, watch the Bell, the Bell Let's Talk Mental Health uh, initiative. You watch, Matheson will be tweeting all about it, like he gives a shit. But then you do stuff like this. I know that was many years ago, 15 years ago now, but it uh, doesn't matter. That still, that shows your character or lack thereof. So once again, fuck you, Jim Matheson. Oh, and then one thing I will bring up real quick about the dry sidle thing, when he got when he wouldn't answer that question and he go, Why are you being pissy? Whatever. That was a cutoff clip. Leading up to that, he had answered two of Matheson's questions before that, pertaining to that, and he gave long answers, thoughtful answers. He didn't just was dismissive. No, he gave thorough answers to those questions. But Matheson kept digging at the same thing. And by the third time, that's when Drysaddle was just like, fuck, you know, fuck you. Like, why do you keep bringing this up? Like, I've already answered your question. You know, and like, again, you could just see Matt is just, he's digging and digging. And, well, that's part of my job. No, eh, you got your answers. Whatever. No. Just a douchebag. 
Anyway, my final topic for the night. Uh, some would call it myth versus reality. I just call it fanboys getting mad. Once again, we're, re- we're revisiting this Ovechkin thing. <clears throat> I know I've already talked about this before, and I've done an episode where I brought this up with him and Chara before, but it came up again with the fanboys. Every couple, well, once a month, somebody in one of these fight groups has to post the fight of Ovechkin fighting that Russian kid. What is it? Um, where's my notes here? Um, what's the kid's name? Savanchkov or whatever. The 18-year-old kid for Carolina when he dropped him. Russian machine never breaks and don't piss off Ovi and all these fanboys are in there talking like Ovi's off. And he, the thing that bothered, it didn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really bother me, but it was just that it keeps, keeps coming up and they keep calling him a power forward. And I know it's semantics and in the grand scheme of things with what the stuff we've talked about today it doesn't really matter, but I'm just, let, we're just talking as fight fans here at power forwards. I said, to be a power forward, you need to fight. And then I was told, no, you don't. I'm like, well, that's the very definition was created for guys who scored, played physical, and fought. Ovechkin is not a power forward. So then somebody posts the graphics of most goals since 2000, since 2000 or something. Was it 05 or no? It's most goals since 2000. Of course, Ovechkin's first. And then Crosby and Stamkos and Stahl and whatever. But beside that, not only the goals, was their hits. All these other guys, they're like six, seven, eight hundred hits. Well, then there's Ovechkin with thirty-one hundred hits, and they're like, "Yeah, see, hey, Ovechkin, a very physical player, longevity's outstanding, all-time goal scorer." Okay, I'm not saying that he isn't Hall of Fame talent. I'm not saying anything like that. Again, these fanboys, they just right away tears of rage, and they're you know crying in their Ovi jerseys. But when it comes to fighting and every the way Ovechkin plays, and there's I and I'm not this again. This isn't for effect or you know exaggeration. There are 10 minute videos, highlight videos of Ovechkin cheap shots on YouTube. Go look them up. Just type in Ovechkin dirty hits. There's 10 minute montages of it. The guy runs around and hits everybody. Hits people from behind. He's dirty. He's dirty. Whatever, I'm just, he is. You can sit there and tell me he's not, whatever, he is. And the thing is, he has three career fights. So my point was, he has 3,100 hits, three fights. While for a supposed power forward, that's a lot of running away. Because these are the same bozos that love to yell, every time there's a hit, there's a fight. Well, clearly there isn't. Ovechkin's the, the poster boy of going against everything you just said. Because he apparently has 3,100 hits and he's only fought three times. Those three fights were against, if you're going to ask, uh, Mike Richards, Brandon Dubinsky, and then this Svechnikov kid or whatever. He'll, the fourth one is listed as uh, Paul Gustad, but he doesn't fight him. But what he does, now I've challenged people that are listening to this right now, just, oh, Darren's just being mad and he doesn't, he's a hater. I'm indifferent about Ovech. I don't really give a shit. I'm indifferent. I don't care. I'm just saying, go watch the YouTube video. Even the Washington fans that are listening to this, go watch the videos. I think he might land a punch against Mike Richards. Uh, the Gustad fight, he hits Daniel Breer from behind. Complete cheap shot as Breer is going off on a line change. And Gustad comes over and grabs him. Of course, Ovechkin turtles. And like tries to shy away. But he got a boarding major on it, but he didn't fight back. His fight against Dubinsky, 
again. Uh, a guy he a guy dump clears the puck for the Rangers and him Ovechkin's coming in on the forecheck. Go watch the video. Go watch the replay. The guy thinks they're gonna hit, so he goes to kind of end the hit like he's gonna brace for the hit. Ovechkin goes low on him and hits him in the hip. Again, Bush hit. Go watch it. It's not just me yelling for effect. Go watch it. It was cheesy. It's, it's dirty. And then he jumps Dubinsky. Because apparently they've been having words at the end of the period or whatever. But he jumps Dubinsky. And again, Dubinsky ends up fucking punching him a bunch of times and throwing him down. Clearly showing again, Ovechkin can't fucking fight worth a shit. So stop with this Ovechkin's a killer bullshit. So anyway, we lead up to the other dates. Again, someone puts up the big, big knockout of this Russian kid. Like it's, it, like it means something. Like, oh, Ovechkin, that shows Ovechkin. Ovi's a killer. Like I said, well, show the fights when he actually fought guys that had fought before. It's a real different Ovechkin then. It's kind of like when Chara fights a heavyweight. It's a little different Chara. But you fucking fanboys. It's ridiculous. And I've said it before with Ovechkin. I, whatever. But when it comes to the way he plays and runs around, he's a, he's a, he's a product of consequence free hockey. And whatever. He runs around. He's a big guy. He hits. Okay. Great talent. Again, I don't have, I shouldn't have to qualify this, but I will. Hall of Fame talent, whatever. But at the end of the day, he's a bitch. Ovechkin's a bitch. You throw all these fucking cheap hits. You never back up your shit. Nothing. You just run away. It's right there. 3,100 hits, three fights. Go watch his hits. I'm not saying, oh, every hit's dirty, but go watch those. That, those, you watch that 10 minute video of dozens of dirty bullshit. Doesn't fight after any of it. And you don't think anybody came out and challenged him? Of course they did. Runs away. He's the best player. He shouldn't have to fight. Eh, you know, he shouldn't have to, but at, you know, at some point, eh, now and again, it's funny, Crosby has a quarter of those hits, and oh, Sid's a bitch. Well, looking up, well, how many fights is Crosby? Well, Crosby's got eight fights. With a quarter of the hits. Now, Crosby's dirty too, but... I don't know, I guess he's not running away as much as Ovi is. You know, Stamkos is five fights, Stahl had two fights... Hell, even Gretzky had two fights. Mario Lemieux had seven. But there was, oh, Russian machine doesn't break. And he has three. A big three. But, oh, one of them was a big knockout, though. At the time, and I'm not going to say, oh, they got to start checking ID. But Ovechkin was 32 years old. This kid he fought was 18. Again, I'm not saying this for effect. But the kid he's fighting was 18 and had zero career fights not only in the NHL but in junior and before and the in his junior year in the NHL he has never fought before okay so you're 32 years old so yeah i'm going to go get off my shift here at the, at the at the on the garbage truck hop on over i'm going to go over to the high school and, and find some band geek that uh, i outweigh by cuz ovechkin outweighs him by 50 pounds he does. I'm not exaggeration. No, he does. He outweighs him by 50 pounds. So I'm going to go find a, se- a high school senior that I outweigh by 50 pounds who's never fought before and will fight. How do you think that's going to go? Yeah. So Ovechkin outweighs his kid by 50 pounds and the kid's never fought before. Again, whatever. He, the kid went looking for it too. It wasn't like Ovi jumped him. They were, you know, it's a mutual thing. I'm not saying that Ovi jumped him. But let's be fucking legit here. Really? 
Like he fought an 18 year old who had never fought before that he outweighs by 50 pounds. Let's dial back the OV's a killer talk. So some guy goes, do you know what the skill level it is to take to knock someone out? I'm like, well, I don't know. To knock someone out that's never fought before, is it really that hard that you outweigh by 50 pounds? Not sure. I don't think so. But okay, if you want to think it was. What actually knocked him out was the fall back and hitting his head on the ice. It really wasn't the punch. But okay, sure. Ovechkin, you know, he's Joey Koser then. In your mind, you really think that he... And then the one guy's big reply is, he'd make you cry. Oh, yeah, there we go. And, you're, and I look at this guy's. you're about 35 years old. That's your big... The, the, your, your, your contribution to this conversation was, he'd make me cry. No, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna act like Johnny Tough Guy on the, on the radio, or on the, behind the microphone, cause that's just kinda pathetic too, but, oh, Ovechkin wouldn't make me cry. I've been hit, I believe me, I've been punched harder by guys tougher than Ovechkin. So, <laughs> I've been beat up by tougher. <laughs> but no, seriously, really? That's your big comeback. What's next? My dad could beat your dad up. Like, okay. Oh, an elite level athlete could beat up a 46 year old fat guy from Saskatchewan. You know, I'd hope so. You know, really? <sighs> okay. But then the other guy, his big, his big comeback, he's arguing with me. So he starts showing me all these hits. Okay. You're, you're proving my point, dipshit. He didn't fight after any of them. That's what we're talking about. His fighting. That's what makes up. So then the one guy replies to me. So you're saying a power forward has to fight. That's the stupidest tweet of the day. Congratulations. This is where we're at. And even the Washington Capitals uh, podcast on this network tweeted me yesterday and said it doesn't necessarily mean fighting. I'm like, of course it means you have to fight too. But I guess in this new generation of hockey, when they don't really fight anymore, we have to tweak the terms nowadays. I said, well, that's like, we're, we're going to call this guy a power, in baseball, we're going to call him a power hitter. He hits a ho- he hits one home run every four years, but he's our power hitter. Would you do that? Of course you wouldn't. But here we are. This guy, Ovechkin literally fights every five years. Going by his career, he's played 15 years, he's been in three fights. So the math is every five years, Ovechkin will fight. But all of a sudden, that makes him a power forward. Oh, well, he hits, bro. Oh, Okay. Like, if you're, the term was created by Harry Neal when discussing Cam Neely, Rick Tockett. So Neely, Tockett, Clark Gillies, Jerome McGinley, Wendell Clark, Alexander Ovechkin. What's that? One thing doesn't belong here. What is that? Yeah, the guy with three fights. So stop with the Russian bear. Russian machine doesn't break. You sound like a fucking idiot. And these are like 40-year-old men, really. Like... You fanboys are embarrassing. But there's no logic to these. Like, you can't argue. But then they're like, oh, so you're saying he's brutal. Like, yeah, okay, you're a fucking idiot. Where did I say he was brutal? I just said he doesn't fight. So these don't stop calling him a power forward. And knocking out some kid that had never fought before. Fuck. I mean, that's that's the equivalent of, like, punching out Wayne Gretzky. Like, if somebody punched out Gretzky, would you be like, well, that guy's a real killer. Like, No. Like, was all of a sudden, was people yelling at Bob Gould dropping Mario Lemieux in the fight? Was everybody talking about Bob Gould as a power forward now? No. What the fuck are we doing? So he fought, so he beat up some, basically it comes down to a band geek he knocked out. And we have to listen to about Russian Machine Doesn't Break. 
You guys are, you fanboys are unbelievable. It's embarrassing what this has come down to. But like I said, I guess when they don't fight for the last 10 years, you gotta, we gotta scrounge to, we gotta tweak our things. But yeah, so. Oh, that's like, oh, well, yeah. The, the old Blue Jay fans, that's like calling Manny Lee a power hitter because he hit that home run once. Yeah. Christ, give me a break. But anyway, that's where we're at. Russian machine, the Russian bear. Oh, don't mess with Ovi. Well, I don't know. Lots of guys, no, lots of guys have tried. Apparently he doesn't want to. He runs away. So stop with the power forward. Ovi's a tough guy. Bullshit. No, he's whatever. He throws hits and runs away. Let's call it like it is. That's what I'm saying, folks. Now, if somebody listening to this will call me boomer, clueless, whatever, you can call me whatever you want, but hard to argue facts. What's the, what do you, a lot of you like to say facts don't care about your feelings? Well, there you go. Perfect example. Proofs in the pudding. Go watch the videos. Go watch Ovechkin. He ain't fighting after all that dirty shit. Anybody else does it. Oh, you guys are yelling and screaming online about how brute Bush it is and everything else. And oh, he doesn't back up his shit, you know, but all of a sudden Ovechkin doesn't have to for some reason. That's interesting. You know, the gates of irony. But there you have it, folks. That's Sunday's rant. Here I was, quick episode, and it's an hour and 17 minutes. So, but there we go. I don't know. We just kind of bounced around today. We had some fun talking, but we also, some sad stuff too. So, unfortunately, uh, we lose people, right? And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Clark Gillies. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's it for today. I guess I got to go back out and shovel. So, uh, I will uh, talk to you guys all again on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 